0: Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media.
1: So if you receive the email, you probably see that I I called this message today Revived to Thrive. Uh, It may not be exactly what it sounds like, but I just had to... I was praying and working on things and I had to say something but it's along that line (laughs) Uh, but maybe not what exactly what you're thinking but I wanted to say you know concerning revival it's not an event but it's a lifestyle and we want to talk about some of that today revival is not an event but it's a lifestyle and um, when I think about all this I want to first let you know is it's working in me I was invited by precious pastor friends of ours on the Gold Coast and they invited me to do what they call noontime prayer they've been faithful stewards of this and uh, and it's gone up to 400 people around the world it's it's a worldwide closed uh, group and uh, we just pray for a half hour at noontime It just happens that it originates out of Australia so it isn't noontime in the rest of the world, but it's noontime in Brisbane, Australia. And so I've been leading that on Fridays, and it's caused me to go into another area that I never really thought I would go into, and that is like uh, I've, been, I've been, you know, studying and ministering along the lines of revival and outpourings. And then I've been leading prayer in that direction. So, um, you know, when you start doing that, it really gets into you. So what I'm sharing today, this is like working in me, and I'm, I'm giving it out, but I believe that the Lord wants it to, it to work in many of us, and so I'm just going to give it out today, and you can, everyone can make their choice. Now, the other thing I wanted to say before we look into it, when it comes to revival, there's a lot of things out there about revival, and um sometimes there's a misunderstanding of what what is revival what is an outpouring uh and what is an awakening and so just to say this that i i know that you know some people say well sinners can't be revived because they're they're not alive and i want to say that i i know and i agree with that sinners need to become saved so during a revival when the believers are revived and awakened what happens is sinners get saved so i want you to know when I'm using the words today revival awakening or outpouring I want you to know that I realize there's slight differences so like just as an example like a revival an outpouring and uh, uh what's the other one now I forgot already um a revival an outpouring and an awakening so like an awakening Christians can be awakened and Christians can be revived but sinners need to be saved and so I, I want you to know that I realize that now an awakening and a revival can happen to a Christian but an outpouring can happen to a nation a community an area so we're gonna be looking at various things like that today and uh, here's here's like a little roadmap, so you know what we're gonna do we're gonna look at is revival all God or all man why we need revival what is revival? And how do I position myself for revival? So just four things we're going to look at. So when we first of all look at this first one, is revival all God or all man? Which one is it? Well, you will see here in a minute. But it's important for every believer to really get an understanding. We all have to decide what do we believe about that. Because believers that believe it's all God... We'll sit back and do nothing So if your theology is all revival is all God then you're probably going to sit and wait for God to do something if Your theology is it's all man You're going to try to make it happen by yourself and you're going to get tired and frustrated and wore out So that's why it's important for all of us to come up with understanding and decisions along this line so there, there always has been you know, some strong opposite views in the body of Christ. I choose to walk and love and love my brothers and sisters in the body of Christ if they have a different view than me. So like some of the theological names, like is Calvinism is one side, Arminianism is another side. They both have good and they both have some things that I would see differently. But then there is this like middle view between the two. But so a strong one on one side would say, well, God is sovereign and he's already decided who he wants to save. And so it's up to him. So I have nothing to do. That's one side. And so if if you're on that side, then you would not pray and you would not do anything. And and so is that right? So one way I thought I would answer this is I'm going to read some quotes from some famous people that have really been. Good at revival, awakenings. And let's see what they have to say about this. Because they walked in it. They did it. So uh, John George Govan, uh, he was the founder of the faith mission in Scotland, Edinburgh. He was a part of several revivals. So when I read these, I want you to know these are significant people. And they're not just like somebody with an opinion. They're somebody that did it. So here's what he said. Without God, we cannot without man he will not so what is he saying it's both god and man it's not all god and it's not all man but it's us together this is what victor ellenberger said uh, and he uh, there's a lot of complicated pronunciations here i'll just say that he did a century of mission work okay he's qualified so he said this uh, he said uh, about this certain man he said the awakening of a whole district under the guidance of a missionary who had journeyed who had joined the mission rather late in life is a veritable miracle of the power of god in conjunction with the faithful service of man so what he's saying is it's both god and man it is not one or the other all one or all the other and then norman grubb a more familiar name uh, he did quite a bit with missions he said it clearly demonstrates that revival is not an act of divine sovereignty apart from human cooperation but the legitimate outcome of man's compliance with divine conditions for revival simple terminology it's not all god it's not all man it's us together eva stewart watts wrote a book it's called thirsting for god she wrote let us realize that revival is not a miracle, but like other events, is brought about by fulfilling God's requirements for revival and paying his price. So even in her thoughts, there's actually a price that's paid to have outpourings and revival. And so uh, just sharing from my heart, uh, we have next Sunday and then the week after, you saw the wonderful announcement about our Christmas musical, and then after the musical, things begin to slow down in Australia, and there's holidays and everything, so I thought this is a Sunday. I know it's a, it's not New Year's Eve, and it's not vision for next year, but I kind of like I'm sharing my heart with you on a few things where I see us going, but when I say that, I see us individually, the possibility of us individually going somewhere, but also then corporately, okay? And really, it's like whoever wants to go there. So um, it's just really working in me about the possibilities of what can happen when there's a group of people that begin to cry out to God. When there's a group of people that actually then like give him everything and make him all, and then also then start crying out for even the, the community, for your suburb. And so th- this is, um, and as I get into it, you'll see even why there's so much uh, to it. I'm just going to skip down over to that last part of the next one that's underlined, uh, Shauna, and, and this 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 man Reverend C. Perrin, and he said to attain, attain success, we must be laborers together with God, laborers not idlers, laborers together with God, not equal with but under and belonging to him in subordination to God as instruments in his hand. What is he saying? It's not all God and it's not all man. I'm just reading enough of these uh, to make sure we know that there is a large group of people that they don't see it all being God, but they see it both God and man working together. So then here's Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. And, and this this is like amazing it says now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus so the number one thing individually is we're with Jesus we're in the Word and we're with him now this scripture does not belittle or co- would cause us to look down on educated people One of the persons that I respect greatly who's up in heaven, he would say this every so often. He would say, it's beautiful when the anointing falls on an educated person who is communicating the word of God. You know, it's different. Like even some, like for one of us simple Americans where I come from, you know, and with our English and et cetera, and then to listen to a British person when I was living in America, and I listened to some British ministers, and it seems just so beautiful and eloquent the way they talk, but it was the word. It was wonderful, and you could tell they were educated, so God uses us all, but I wanna encourage you, if you're not educated and you haven't, you're not a theologian, if you spend time with Jesus and be in the word, you can be used greatly as they were, okay? So let's answer this next one, why we need revival or outpouring or awakening. So like an outpouring and a revival, you know, the outpouring is when the Holy Spirit comes. You can be revived as an individual because you make choices. Like I can choose to, to get to press into God. I can choose to read the word and to pray and to commit myself that's a choice i can make and i'm personally revived and i'm going to do his will but then there is that outpouring that we can ask for where the spirit of god falls on a on a on a church on a out, out beyond the walls of the church the holy ghost is out on the streets this happened in england it happened in england and and so as Christians sometimes, and you know from my previous sharing that I have, I, especially at the beginning of this year, I was quite angry with because of politics and legislation and it going the way that I didn't want it to go in various countries. <laughs> and I realized that as an angry person, I wasn't going to win anyone to the Lord and that's not what I want to give out. So I had to make decisions on what am I feeding on, what is important to me, what am I fervent about, and I made those, and I made corrections in that area. It doesn't mean that I don't care any longer. Um, I will continue to go on a pro-life march, and I will make my voice heard, et cetera. Uh, but I know that preaching the gospel and having an outpouring is something different than that. As citizens, we all can do that. We can... We can peacefully protest but this awakening that happened in England now so England had legislation where you could have brothels it was legal and they of course they had their pubs and there was a move that happened in England and it was so amazing that people were falling down on the streets under the power and they were getting saved and their desires and everything was so changed that the pubs and the brothels closed down because they had no customers. And so what am I saying is like whatever we're fervent, we'll end up getting what we really want and what are we fervent about. So I'm just saying where I wanna be as a church, I want to see that kind of stuff. It doesn't mean I won't, praise the Lord. It doesn't mean I'll still go on a pro-life march and make my voice be heard as a citizen, okay? But as, as a Christian, I want that. And many revivals around the world are outpourings. They started with just a few people crying out to God and asking for it, okay? And it's amazing what it can fix. So there was legislation that wasn't right, but when that happened... The business is closed down anyway, even though the legislation probably wasn't fixed. When there is an outpouring and when God moves like that, many things that we don't like can be fixed. So it's just like whatever we want the most and whatever we become the most fervent about makes a difference. Okay? All right, so then why revival number one? God must be glorified. So Jesus must be exalted. He, we, we, if we lift him up, he draws everyone to himself. And the Holy Spirit needs to have his rightful place in our lives individually, but also corporately. We want to give the Holy Spirit the place within the church that the Holy Spirit should have. I'm just telling you my heart looking ahead. Number two, the church needs to be revived. So if revival doesn't start in the church, then it cannot go outside of another when i and i say revival i'm it's not an event it's a lifestyle so it needs to start individually and what happens it it goes out number three sinners need to receive the saving grace of god that's why we exist really jesus came to save sinners and we're the vessels he uses and number four the Lord is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. Now, this is a big one. Now, now, something that's very significant in the Bible that's mentioned more than one time is what we're going to look at here concerning the Lord is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. And so in 2 Peter 3, 9, that says the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So what is the context of that and what is that about? Well, James, says it a little differently. In James 5, 7, it says, be patient therefore brothers until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until he receives the early and the latter rain. So this is very significant, and what this is telling us as the reason the rapture hasn't happened and the reason Jesus hasn't come back yet is because he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. That's why these things haven't happened. That's what that is telling us. So when we say, well, it would be good to have an outpouring, everyone thinks differently. Like, I, I was involved uh Years ago when I lived in America, there was a number of different things I got involved in. And uh, there was that time where there was the time of joy, and there was running and laughing and rolling and and laughter. I was like number one in that area. So I would go to meetings, and I wasn't the preacher at the meeting. It wasn't even my church. I would go to a meeting, and I would think, when I get there, man, I'm going to run, and I, and I and so I would run up the aisle, I would run across the platform and jump off the platform on the other side, and I, I had no authority in the church. I was the number one wild guy ever. That's who you've been looking at for a while here. <laughs> but I want to say, you know, that was in a, an event for me. I could do that on a Sunday, but on Monday, was I was I winning anyone to the Lord? What was I doing? I was waiting for the next event. So I I could, you I'm just saying, you know, so when I say that those things are good, but I'm saying this, that revival isn't an event or an experience or a feeling, it's a lifestyle. It's how we live all the time. I can still be wild if I choose to. (laughs) I almost hurt my leg one time jumping on, you know, that was back in the days when platforms were really high, you know, so I was a lot younger, but I jumped off of a high platform once and kind of hurt my ankle. So, so this, this, the, so think about it. Like when we, when the loss come in and the harvest comes in, there's going to be a rapture and Jesus is going to come back. So what, what one reason why we want an outpouring, one reason why we would want revived personally is because he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. And that's something significant that isn't mentioned a lot. He's waiting. Jesus shed his blood for people, okay? So, and then picking back up in 2 Peter 3.10, it says, uh, it says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are on it will be exposed since all these things are thus to be dissolved and then here it is this is like personal awakening personal revival it starts with us what sort of people ought you to be in in lives of holiness and godliness so you see how all of these things work together when we say well why why would we want an outpouring why why should we be awakened why should be revived Is connected directly to the harvest coming in and our lifestyle and us giving everything to him is directly connected to that so whatever we're the most fervent about is what we will do and I guess the challenge for all of us is how do we how do we blend it all together to have a balance because the Bible says if we don't work it says to take care of your family and to work and so it's right to work feed the family so there's jobs there's family, there's friends, and how to have this life where we can do this and it's not this heavy thing that's legalistic and robs people of joy, because if there's an outpouring and a revival, there's joy. It isn't something legalistic and heavy. And I believe because we serve the creator of the universe and he's all powerful and all knowing, I believe it can all come together and it will be joyful, it will be grace-fueled, and it will be fruitful. And so this is something we can trust the Lord for, to have that kind of balance. But we're, we're living completely for him. Okay, so you see how it's all tied together. Then, then in verse 12, it says, waiting for the and, and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolves, and the heavenly bodies will melt away and burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells, therefore beloved since you are waiting for these be diligent here it is again to be found by him without spot or blemish or peace so we're singing today about giving it all to him well giving it all to him is wonderful individually but when every christian gives it all to him and they decide to do what they're on the earth for to have a greater purpose in themselves the harvest comes in and that's why we're here for the harvest little side notes, you know, notice how there's going to be a new heavens and a new earth. And I said this before, but when, when you decide to watch the news, which I watch very little of, and they're making a big deal out of climate change and trying to use that and put fear into people, it's just people that don't know God. They don't know what, what's going to happen. And they're wasting all their time and making a bunch of people fearful as Christians don't fall for it. We're going to get taken out of here in a rapture. Jesus is going to come back. There's going to be a new heaven and earth, and I have no concerns. I don't throw trash out of my car window, and I don't waste things. I don't waste paper. I do that kind of stuff, but I'm not concerned about the earth. I just want to go up there and him say, well done, and I want to take some souls up there with me. That's really where we should be at, okay? All right so what is revival well revival glorifies god it exalts jesus it gives the holy spirit his rightful place in the church it revives christians that's us it saves sinners and brings backsliders back into the fold of god all right how do we know that we have a real awakening or a revival going on well it focuses on jesus christ it focuses on the cross it allows the holy spirit to do what he wants it and it will It'll cause us to desire to crucify the flesh, you know, uh, put the flesh under each one of us, pick up our cross and carry our cross daily. That's when you know there's something going on. Now, uh, a man-made revival, that would be all about me, about a personality, lots of advertising and self-promoting. That would be a man-made revival. Now, an awakening, that takes all of us low, including me. It takes us into the dust. There, there's humility usually precedes an awakening. And we go low. We don't go high. It's not about me. It's not about my personality. It's not about any of that. It's like we humble ourselves and we go low, all of us. Okay? It always focuses on Jesus Christ, not a person. It's on the cross. A real revival. People are going to want to talk about Jesus. And I remember when I was doing all the running and all that I did, it was more about we talked about, did you see that guy over there? <laughs> Boy, was he laughing. Did you see that guy rolling over there? Did you see? And, and it's all good, but we were talking about people. And, and I had to, ju- you know, I had to really check myself on that. I was like watching everyone. It was kind of fun to watch everyone. And, you know, we could have a service like that. I'm, I'm not, I won't stop anything like that. And you could have, but but it, what's it about? Like after it's all done, is I can't wait again to see that person laugh like that or that person roll across the room. You see what I'm saying? And 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 it's wonderful because God wants to refresh us. But I just want to to rem- us to remember that there Jesus died for people out there. Okay, so we can have joy and there can, it can be joyful. But like. Are we talking about Jesus? Is he, the, is he the central figure? And then people's lives will be transformed. And, and I, I say that, you know, all the running and jumping and everything I did, that really didn't transform me. I felt like, hey, for a timid guy, I was pretty cool. Like, hey, Mr. Timid, like got up and ran and jumped off the platform. That was good for my tim- I was very timid. But you know what transformed me? Revelation of who I am in Christ Understanding the revelation, the in Christ revelation, that transformed me. Okay? All right. In times of revival, everyone, or I should say an outpouring, people want to offer their bodies as living sacrifices to him. Uh, they want to renew their mind and offer up their bodies as a living sacrifice. Uh and so it's about making him Lord, not just Savior, but Lord. That's, that's how you know there's a revival going on. And so there's a, a man named J. Edward Orr. And here's what he said. He said, in times of evangelism, the evangelist seeks the sinner, which is God ordained. God has put evangelists in the body of Christ, and that's God ordained. So he's, he's not getting on that, but what he's saying, he's showing a difference here. In times of evangelism, the evangelist seeks the sinner in times of like an outpouring, the sinners come chasing after the Lord. We need both of them to go on. The evangelists need to continue to do what they do. But then in an outpouring, it's like it's out on the streets. And those people, God's glory comes on the earth, and they get hungry for God, and they start going to look for God. That's an outpouring. Oh, and I, oh, do I, want, us, I want us to start asking for that. And not just for us, but for every, you know, I want every, everyone to have it all of australia thank you lord so with an evangelistic campaign you advertise and promote which is good i'm not, i'm not i'm that's good but with like an outpouring god comes down and the glory comes down and things happen because of that and that's what happened over in england where it just transformed a whole city i mean we're in these last of the last days and this is, this is a time, you know, it's way more about just us. None of us can take things to heaven with us. You, you know, you can't take your car up to heaven. You can't take your home up to heaven. You're going to have a mansion up there. You don't need your little home down here. God is so good. So, praise the Lord. Let's, an, let's answer these questions then. Like, the last thing here is how do I position myself for revival? Okay. So we read those scriptures about patiently waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. So the first thing that I believe helps us is that we recognize the times. That's kind of more like a motivating thing. But do you know what time you are living in? That would be, like, important for Christians to know. Do you know the time that we're living in? I mean, I see it from Scripture. That's the only way. The only way that I would know the time that we're living in is I saw it in Scripture. And uh, I've, I showed a chart here. And I, a, a while back, I don't know how many months ago, but I showed that there's like these 2,000-year segments in history. And you had these like, uh, in these 2,000-year segments, you can like go back in history speaks that you saw, oh this this was this age and there was two thousand years with those two ages combined and then there's two thousand. So it seems as though all the major things are like two thousand year segments. So guess how long the church has been here? Two thousand years. So it's it's so much way more than just doing church as a duty or having okay I have Jesus now. And that's good, so I'm, I'm, I'm assured to going, I'm going to go to heaven and I have him. It's like we're really here for a purpose. And when we leave here, we're going to face him. And the Bible talks, you know, it talks about a crown. It talk, it, it, Paul the Apostle refers to souls as like a crown. He said, told a group of people that he brought to the Lord. He said, you're my crown. So from that theologians and various ones that have studied for many years, they call that the soul winner's crown. And when we go up to heaven, we can't take cars and money and all that, but we can take the souls. And so we just have to think, I'm here on the earth. It's a short time I'm here. What do I want to take to heaven with me? So even if you have a dream or a passion, within that dream or passion, how do you, how does God get glorified? It's, a, it's something to ask yourself. So as an example, not, not, you know, not everyone is gonna to wanna to do the same thing in life. So there's people that they go into sports. So I, I've been watching like a sport thing and they, have, they interview a player and I don't know, a few years back there was a quarterback for Alabama. He's playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars now. He had this long, beautiful blonde hair, you know, Mr. Look, he kinda looked like a model. And man, as soon as he start talking, he goes, I want to give all the glory to God. He was quoting the book of Ephesians on national TV. So there's somebody that thought, I'm called to sports, but I'm not doing sports just to do sports. I'm doing it to glorify God. So this is what we're saying here, that not everyone feels called to do the same thing. But in whatever we're doing, can we glorify God? And that's just something as we end this year, something to think about. Jacksonville's only won one or two games. I'm, I'm cheering that guy on, but he's getting to learn the NFL now. There's been a few professional basketball players about a year or so ago that they have spoke out about Jesus, and I love seeing that kind of stuff. Okay, the second thing, well, um, recognizing the time. Well, here's the, let me read the scripture real quickly in 2 Peter 3, 4, about recognizing the time. This is going back up to verse 4. We looked at 2 Peter 3, 9. This is explaining why the other verse we read was even written. Here's what happened. They, they will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was created. So because people were mocking, saying, you said he was coming back and where is he? We, we ended up reading verse 9, which said, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises. Some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but should reach repentance. So what he's doing is there the Holy Spirit through Peter is explaining why Jesus hasn't come back. And the reason is because more people need to be brought into the kingdom. So recognizing the time, this is why we're on the earth. It's everyone th- understanding I'm on the earth. I work a job, I have a family, I'm interested, I do this kind of a work. But in all of that, Jesus is number one in my life and how can I glorify him? Smith Wigglesworth, who uh, he's up in heaven, he was a plumber. And he he arose in the morning and said, Lord, he would say, lead me to one person today that's ready to hear about you. That was his prayer every day as a plumber and then he would get calls and he would leave his a job and go over to a sick person's house that was really sick and dying with dirty hands grease black grease on his hands he would of course wash him and he would pray for that person a lot of his miracles happened in people's homes not in a church he was doing and what happened is he because of all that he got really big and he went around the world. But it started on his job. That's when I'm saying this I, I want it to really be practical that you don't have to stand on a platform with a microphone. We're talking about being Christians wherever we are. And that's what Smith Wigglesworth did. Okay? All right. Second thing is number two, humble ourselves. And I mentioned that, but this this is a Leonard Ravenhill, he asked these questions years ago. He said, does a country need God or does the church need God? And then he answered his own question. He said, when the church has God, the country fills God. So the church needs God in order for the country to have God. That's powerful. And a lot of times what happens is we think we know it all. And I'm talking to myself too. I need to humble myself. I need to go low. We think we know it all, but we really need Him. We need Him, and we can't do it without Him. We don't want to play church. We want Him. We want Him to be, pour it out. We'll take it all. Outpouring, okay? And so it's important. So 2 Chronicles 7.14, it says, If my people who are called by name, my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Now I know that we're in Christ and we're new creatures and we're cleansed of our sin. So I'm not, that, that's not saying that anybody's wicked. But some, uh, some of the behavior when Christians don't behave like who they are and it's necessary to turn from that and to cry out to him and humble ourselves, we can do that, we can do that. Number three, and the last one, pray. And this scripture says, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the end of the earth for your possession. So he actually tells us to ask. We can ask for the nations. I mean, just asking for a neighbor, We've been doing that. I've told you that when we pray, we always pray for our neighbors, and we're asking for them, and we're believing God opens like conversations up that we can lead them to the Lord. So it's starting even right there with neighbors. We can all do that. And um, and then uh, this uh, this scripture here in Psalm two six it says, "Yet I have set my King on a holy on." on my holy hill of Zion, I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. And so this is what um, that, that particular scripture uh, about that, about the holy hill, uh, that's talking, that refers back to the church. So here's what m- this missionary said from Korea. He said, I paid, it paid well to have spent the several months in prayer for when God, the Holy Spirit, came, he accomplished more in half a day than all of us missionaries could accomplish in half a year. And so when we think about him, the Lord, and the Holy Mountain, and that's talk, it's referring to the church, and he, and he said this, he said, I declare the decree the Lord has said to me, you are my son today, I have begotten you. When, when we think about Jesus and the fact that he gave us the nations. So Psalm 2.8 eight. I read that. He said, I will give you the nations for your inheritance. Well, the previous verses talk about him on the holy hill, the church. So what is the context of that? Jesus, the church, the holy hill, and then he says, you're my son. I have begotten you. That's the, the death, burial, and resurrection. And then right after he said, ask of me, and I will give you the nations. That's all tied together. You see, he's telling us. To ask and he what does he want does he want us to have land does he want us to have the money or prosperity of nations what's he talking about he's talking about souls he's talking about going out and winning souls so as the worship team comes I just want to read this one short testimony from Charles Finney Uh, he gave this he said I once knew a minister who had a revival of 14 winners in succession. I did not know how to account for it till I saw one of his members get up at a prayer meeting and make a confession. Brethren, he said, I have been long in the habit of praying every Saturday night till midnight for the descent of the Holy Ghost upon us. And now, brethren, and he began to weep, I confess that I have neglected it for two or three three weeks. The secret was out. That minister had a praying church. So what what is Charles Finney saying? He's saying that just one person can make a difference. So I'm just inviting you. I just felt like this Sunday is significant because I'm inviting our church family. I'm inviting those that are watching online. I know we're getting ready to slow down and do some holidays but take God with you on your holiday. I know he's in you but take your Bible with you if you relax. Read your Bible. Seek the Lord. Don't go on vacation from God. And let's, when we come back, let's come back even different. You don't have to come back after a holiday all fleshly. You can come back charged up in the spirit. So let's keep go in that direction. Father, I thank you for everyone that's here today, Lord. In the event that we have anyone with us that doesn't know Jesus is Lord, whether watching online or within our four walls here. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I I would trust that they're ready to receive Jesus as Lord. That you've been speaking to them. As the word goes out, and you've been dealing with their hearts, and there's a softening and a, and, a, and a hunger to receive Jesus, Lord. Thank you for ministering to them. Thank you, Father, for that. If you're one of those and you're saying, I know that I'm a sinner and I know I need a Savior. And I can't save myself I know that Jesus is the one that took my place and died for me took my sin I recognize him as Savior and so I want to receive him if you're that person I'm going to lead in a prayer and this is your opportunity right now to receive Jesus Christ as Savior So our church family is gonna repeat this and you're welcome to repeat it uh, with us. It's necessary, as a matter of fact, for you to repeat it if you want to be saved. So let's do this together. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, I thank you for your obedience. You died for me. You took my sin. You were raised from the dead for me I declare, Jesus, you were raised from the dead and I receive you as my Lord. You're welcome in my life. Praise God. Now, if you pray that prayer, we, we will have people up front. Please come and let us know. We also have a next step station because we so desire to help you with your next step and in your journey. Praise the Lord. As we close today, I'm going to just do one thing. Uh, I'm going to ask our worship leader Andy to pray and ask the Lord for you know, to pray concerning an outpouring, and then lead us in a song, and we'll dismiss.
0: Make you all to stand as we pray. Thank you. If you disagree with me, Father, we come to you, Lord, and. About everything that we heard this morning, Lord We so desire an outpouring of your spirit, Lord Father, we long to see lives changed your Sinners saved, Lord The streets just filled with repentant hearts, Lord God And Father, right now we just say We're so hungry for your will to be at work, Lord In these last days We're so hungry to see Just Your the demonstration of your power the demonstration of the Holy Spirit through miracles, signs, and wonders that are a beacon of light for the lost, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, that Australia has a part to play in these last days. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we would our revived hearts would receive the plan from you. Show us what that's like. Show us Lord, what you want each member of the body to be doing, Lord, as you get ready to unleash your spirit on this land. Oh, Lord Jesus, we want nothing more than to just see people set on fire for you. People set on fire. Lord, we just so desire for for this country not to be known as the laid back, she'll be right kind of mentality, but a fervent runner in these last days, Lord God. I thank you that, Lord, as far as we're concerned in the church, Lord, that it won't be right. We don't just have to sit around and wait, Lord, that, that... that passive mentality lord just goes from your church right now but i thank you lord that you quicken us an urgency in the spirit lord as the as time winds up as time wraps up lord that we will just so hunger more of your presence lord more of your spirit to be poured out more of you, Lord, and less of us, less of our ways, less of the ways that we've done it in the decades past, less of the ways that we've done it in years prior, but more of what you want, Lord, as we get ready for eternity, which will be what you want, Lord. Give us that now, Lord, so we can be doing What you want us to be doing, Lord, every vessel in here declares your will be done. Your kingdom come, Lord. We thank you, Father, for the latter rain. Lord, the latter rain of your spirit. Father, refresh every person in here with that rain. Refresh every person, Lord, that they come into contact with, Father. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, man, I'm seeing it now. I thank you, Lord, just as we do contact tracing, Lord. You'll be able to trace where different ones have been because of the outpouring that's going to follow, the different ones that hunger for righteousness, the different ones that hunger for the Spirit of God. You'll be able to trace where they have been by the fires that have started. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for it. We rejoice for it in Jesus' precious name. And if you agree, say. Amen. So be it. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brahmer.org.au.